Hi, Bruno Jr. here. Our podcast, Busting Addiction and Smiths, is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com. SafeHouse believes that traditional treatments fall short of the needs of clients who face the modern problems of addiction. Modern problems need modern solutions. Multiple addictions, multiple relapses, multiple triggers, and cheaper and more powerful street drugs set up unprecedented challenges facing treatment centers. What is needed is a more sophisticated approach, a better way forward. There are three reasons to choose our progressive modern treatment program. One, a more sophisticated intake process. Two, technology proven to enhance recovery. And three, the most robust aftercare program in our sector. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com. I'm Bruno J, and today I want to talk to you about getting sucked into a dysfunctional relationship with your loved one who has turned out to be an alcoholic or addict or both. This gives rise to codependency, and it will happen whether you like it or not. It will happen even if you're fully aware of the potential for codependency in your relationship because it's a process that happens primarily subconsciously. It is also important to understand that the whole family comes under the powerful grip of the disease of addiction, which is why it is called a family disease. Some family members continue to live with the illusion that they have some control over the disorder, when in reality they have absolutely none. The disease will run through the house like a runaway freight train, destroying everything that family members once held dear. It brings rage, resentment, fear, and sadness. It brings self-pity and enabling behavior, because even though the idea of helping the alcoholic or addict is really is well-meaning, it is entirely misguided. One of the first things to identify, for the sake of the family, if not for their addicted loved one, is signs of creeping codependency and how to recover from it. Recovery from the grip of addiction is for the whole family, not just for the loved one who is the principal actor in a tragic family drama. Many family members also happen to be adult children of alcoholics, ACOA, and they themselves may be exhibiting attitudes and behaviors reflecting that type of upbringing. Addiction and codependency pass from one generation to the next, to the point where sick behavior is considered normal by the family members themselves. Codependency is fueled by alcoholism and or addiction in the family, For the family system has come to discourage the open expression of feelings and direct, honest communication. Instead, denial plays a leading role in maintaining the front of normalcy. Many traits and behaviors are well known and contribute to a poisonous environment. People-pleasing, rescuing, poor boundary-setting, poor communication skills, hypervigilance, and perfectionism are among them. I will refer to codependence as we, from here on in, as it's more convincing to refer to this from a first-person perspective. Whereas we might have started out fairly content with our lives and responded to the world more or less normally, it took the entry of addiction to trigger our very worst tendencies and turn them into codependencies. It affects all relationships, but it's amplified in our most intimate ones, which is the primary source of validation and self-worth for many of us fact is, we continually look outside ourselves to fill the void. Here are some so-called hard truths that many who are codependent and don't want to admit it find very hard to swallow. 
Some of the following content I attribute to and thank David Baumrind, who published a piece on codependency in Elephant Journal magazine. First one, we manipulate connection. We can be some of the most generous giving people in the world, but the reason for this is that we subconsciously turn to manipulation to prove our self-worth and soothe our fear of abandonment. Therefore, our generosity is motivated by insecurity and fear rather than by kindness. We don't practice setting boundaries for fear of upsetting our loved ones. We so desperately want secure relationships that our very actions sabotage that goal. We fear that we would be cast aside if our true unlovable selves were exposed. Number two, it happens to the principal actor, the addict too. In the waning days of my severe addiction, I was convinced that you could x-ray right through me and see what a worthless human being I had become. That's why I would do anything to gain your approval. I needed an outside source to tell me that I was still okay and liked for me to have any sense of self-worth. It didn't take very long, however, for the effects of the compliment to wear off and I would soon crawl back into the dark cave of shame. Such is the emotional life of many an addict. It wasn't until I started attending Al-Anon meetings on top of my usual dose of AA that I began to grasp how codependent I really had become and didn't know it. Number three, we are chained by a love addiction. What happens when we're addicted to people out of familial love or lust is that we can only see the world in terms of what others think of us. The classic example is that we are only okay if our loved one is okay or is okay with us. What this means is that we lose touch with what we really want for ourselves and focus instead on what we think the loved one wants or is feeling. We actually begin to lose touch with our own feelings for fear of expressing the emotions that we've bottled up or didn't even know we had. We stuff our genuine thoughts and instead begin to feel great resentment toward our loved ones, blaming others for our misery without looking at how we have contributed to the sick family dynamic. Number four, we abandon ourselves. Oddly, while we fear abandonment by others, we abandon ourselves in order to stay connected to our relationship. Because we have no real sense of self-esteem, the connection to our relationship is much more important than the connection to ourselves. Our individual needs are sacrificed as we merge into our relationships until we can't tell where our relationship ends and where we begin. Inevitably, our self-abandonment takes its toll, silently filling our empty spaces with resentment and shame. Number five, we self-sabotage. We aren't comfortable with prosperity. Joy makes us anxious. We're always waiting for the shoe to drop, and with an addict, it always does, because we don't feel deserving of the feelings we do have. Our insecurities leave us hypervigilant, always searching for signs of trouble, confirming our deepest fears that we are unwanted and unlovable. We react to all this anxiety by pushing our relationships into uncomfortable narratives filled with insecurity and rejection. Worse, without the skills to navigate the conflicts we create, we again feel isolated and alone. Number six, our lives grow smaller over time. We trade pieces of ourselves for love and connection, and our world meantime begins to shrink. Over time, the line between our individuality and the relationship becomes unrecognizable. We rarely venture beyond the walls of the relationship, and the parts of ourselves we enjoyed living beyond those walls are lost. Without the encouragement to grow as individuals, 
which we will get if we awaken from our slumber and accept help from a therapist and or Al-Anon, we will unconsciously grieve the loss of ourselves as we navigate the tight spaces between people-pleasing and conflict avoidance. Our voices are silenced. We're unwilling and unable to advocate for ourselves and our needs. We are chained to the emotional ups and downs of our loved one, our dear addict alcoholic, whom we both despise and love. Until we admit to our innermost selves that we have become as sick as our loved one, we will never escape the hell that comes with being in the grip of a cunning, baffling, and mighty powerful disease. Unfortunately for many families, this admission comes only after disaster strikes and or the addict bottoms out and enters treatment or therapy with a professional alcohol or drug addiction, AODA counselor. At first, the family member most affected, say mom, will resist the idea that she is also sick. But with time and therapy, she will realize that the only way she can truly help her son, her loved one, is when she herself stands on her own two feet and in so doing stands up to her son and stands up against the disease. What have we learned about the insidious effect of codependency, especially in the dysfunctional family of the addict or alcoholic? We've learned that, one, even if a family member may start out responding to life somewhat normally, the presence of addiction in the home amplifies the worst aspects of one's personality. Two, codependents do not feel worthy as people and are continually looking outside themselves for validation. They feel profoundly incomplete and need another person to fill the void. Three, codependents are dominated by what others think of them and are only okay if the other person is okay with them. They lose touch with their own feelings out of fear that expressing them will threaten the relationship they're hanging on to. Four, they abandon themselves out of fear of abandonment by others, especially by their loved one addict whom they're trying to fix. They sacrifice everything, sabotage their very identity, and get nothing in return. The cruel fact is that life will only get worse unless the codependent awakens to her powerlessness over addiction or alcoholism and gets the help she needs. It is there for the asking upon her awakening. Our podcast is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com, a modern approach to recovery. To learn more, visit us at SafeHouseRehab.com.